And now the good news. Happy Friday, everybody. I'm Barbara Jane, your host for tonight. And I am so grateful to be here with you on this beautiful, beautiful Friday night or Friday afternoon or wherever you are in the world. So let's begin. So August is a remarkable month for uh, stargazers, shall we say. So double supermoons and the most popular meteor shower of the year is here in August. So it started on August 1st with a supermoon that rose over Earth uh, with 99% illumination occur occurring during the night. A supermoon is when the moon reaches peak illumination at a time that coincides with its closest approach to the Earth in its orbit, arriving at just over 220,000 miles from the surface of our planet. Yeah, just next door. <laughs> this is called its perigee, as opposed to apogee. Okay, so this uh, moon is, uh, let's see, called the sturgeon moon after the profile prolific fish species of North America after Native American tribes use names related to grains such as corn, rice, or harvest moon. It will be first of two full moons in August with the second a period on the 30th called the blue moon. The blue moon will be the largest full moon of the year. So you can watch for that in a couple of weeks while the sturgeon moon will be the second biggest. Out of the northeastern sky on August 13th, okay, so that's coming up on Sunday, uh, a Perseid meteor shower, I probably said that wrong, at nearly 150 feet, 50 meters a night, thanks to the Earth passing through a stream of debris left by the comet Swift-Tuttle, the Perseids are the most popular in the world thanks to their great position of observation in the northern hemisphere and the warm southern uh, summer weather. So August 13th will be the near moonless night, meaning much less native light population for spotting shooting stars. And lastly, in August, there are three great chances to see Saturn with the aid of binoculars or a telescope. But the first comes August 3rd, which we've missed during the pre-dawn hours when it comes to uh, within two degrees yeah, okay, I can't read that, of the moon. <laughs> At this time, it will be visible with the naked eye, but with binoculars, you can see its rings. And this almost exact occurrence will come again on August 30th. So August 30th is gonna be a big day. Then on August 27th, Saturn will be in opposition to the sun from the perspective of the earth, meaning it will be exceptionally lit up. The moon will be bright. So using a moon chart will help one with a pair of binoculars or a telescope, find and enjoy its ring in the blackness. So it'll be a, a time to watch the night sky, maybe drive out into the country a little bit if you're living in a big city and uh, take a look and see what's out there. All right. Well, so many changes in the world. The largest landfill in Latin America has been turned into a mangrove forest. The things we can do, I'll tell you, we're so creative. At nearly 150 acres, the Jardin Gramaco landfill in Rio de Janeiro was one of the largest and most infamous in all of Latin America. Now it's a mangrove forest teeming with life. Decommissioned 11 years ago, between 1970 and 2012, the dump bordering Rio's famous 
Guanabara Bay received 80 million metric tons of trash from the area's neighborhood. Now, a public-private partnership led by the Rio Municipal Cleaning Company has returned the area to nature, specifically mangroves, one of the most valuable of all ecosystems. Planting 24 acres of mangroves at a time, today the forest stretches out more than 120 acres and is the largest mangrove area of the bay. Before we polluted the bay and the rivers, now it's the bay and rivers that pollute us, a lead official on the project told African News. Today, the mangrove has completely recovered. Other organizations have taken action to restore mangroves along the bay as well. The nonprofit Ocean Pack funded uh, this project will successfully restore 12.5 hectares or around 25 acres of mangroves. And according to some estimates, one acre of mangrove forest can store more carbon in roots and soil than four acres of even the most biodiverse rainforest, making them paramount to any world climate mitigation strategy. Now, we know the earth is warming up and we know that the way to cool it is to take carbon out. And that's what these mangroves are going to do. So this is really good news, uh, not just for people in South America, but all over the world. So good news, good news tonight for sure. Well, and here's a lovely story. The people that live in our world that don't necessarily get the pats on the back that they should. And I think this family definitely deserves that. A teen who is floundering in foster care finally gets to be a sister with a real family for the first time. At five years old, Mariah entered foster care after enduring abuse and neglect from parents with mental health and substance abuse problems. For nine long years, she went back and forth between multiple foster homes and her mother's home, never experiencing the stability of a real family. For years, Mariah was afraid she might never get adopted. I knew what adoption was, but I just didn't think that was something that was going to happen for me, said Mariah. I felt invisible. Then all changed when she was referred to the Dave Thomas Foundation for Adoption. Their signature program hires adoption professionals dedicated to finding permanent families for youth in foster care or who are too often overlooked. Teenagers, definitely. One of the recruiters, Megan, got to know Mariah and built her a network of mentors and supportive adults, two of whom, of whom were like Emily and... Uh, yeah, Emily and John, the couple got to know the New York teen through community activities and dinners where they'd listen to what was happening to her life. Over time, Mariah began to trust Emily and John and open up like never before. They forged an unbreakable bond until finally, just before her 15th birthday, they announced that they wanted the bond to be forever. How great is that? Most teenagers end up swept under the carpet. Well, they adopted her as a daughter. It took a huge weight off my chest knowing that I didn't have to worry about not having a home anymore, said Mariah. I haven't felt relief literally at all in my life before. Not only does she now have a father for the first time and a loving permanent home, but a little sister. She's the light of my life, Mariah said of the little girl. Well, 
it's hard to imagine adopting a teenager, but I know for myself, if I were to adopt a child, probably it would be a teen. I think they're remarkable and brilliant and beautiful. And I just hope somebody hearing this story decides to get to know some teen that is in need of a home and maybe offer up the same, the same beautiful gift. Well, staying on the story of humanity and humans and the beautiful things and the way people can be, here is a lovely senior. She finds love and connection greeting people at Walmart. After her husband died, she says working is beautiful therapy. So in colorful clogs and a blue hat to match her Walmart team vest, 86-year-old Mary Ruth Robinson is a greeter at the Carrollton, Kentucky location. But to the people shopping there, she is so much more, an infectious personality with the power to turn around anyone's day. The automatic doors are like the portico of a cathedral of kindness with Mary Ruth as their pastor. That's pretty great. You don't find somebody like her every day anymore, shopper Ted Holcomb said, but the wellspring of well wishes within the sprightly senior erupted out of tragedy. Not long ago, her husband Jackie, with whom she shared a lifetime of love and adventure, died on their wedding anniversary after a taxing battle with Parkinson's that had left him bedridden for five years. I wish everybody could have that kind of love, said Robinson. I thought, well, if I don't go to work, I will die of loneliness because I miss him. Her independence was always important to her, and she reasoned that getting a job might be a good way to get the wheels of life turning again. She believes working is a wonderful thing, a wonderful therapy. She's making connections and getting the love she is missing at home with the help of shoppers, said a Walmart spokesperson. It's so sweet how shoppers are really coming through for her in her time of need. You know, it's amazing the little things we can do to help someone else, those small ways, you know, sharing a smile or uh, just saying hello or good morning, ways that we can make a difference. So I am so excited for her. Good for her to step up and uh, do what she needed to do. That is really excellent self-care. Well, on that note, we're going to take a little commercial break. And I want to say thank you to the Good News Network, where we've gotten many of our stories for tonight and for last week and probably for next week as well. So on that note, let's just take a brief pause and we'll be back with more good news. New Thought Media Network. We are a global broadcast network of positive music, media, and entertainment. Inspiring humanity's evolution along the journey of enlightenment and creating a world of love, peace, empowerment, and prosperity for all. New Thought Media Network. Positively inspiring.
Well, 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 we're back. So interesting, you know, we know that smell can, you know, cause us to remember certain things or take us back to a time. Well, a smell of simple fragrance while sleeping produces major memory boost in older adults. Hmm. So when a fragrance wafted through the bedrooms of older adults for two hours every night for six months, memories skyrocketed. Participants in the study of neuroscientists reaped a 226% increase in cognitive capacity compared to the control group. The University of California researchers in Irving said that funding transforms the long-known uh, tie between smell and memory into an easy, non-invasive technique for strengthening memory and potentially deterring dementia. Wow, that sounds like really great news. So the study, which was published in Frontiers in Neuroscience, involved men and women aged 60 to 85 without memory impairment. All were given a diffuser in seven cartridges, each containing a single and different natural oil. People in the enriched group received full-strength cartridges, cartridges. Control group participants were given the oils in tiny amounts. Participants put a different cartridge into their diffuser each evening prior to going to bed, and it activated for two hours as they slept. People in the enriched group showed a 226% increase in cognitive performance compared to the control group as measured by the wordless test commonly used to evaluate memory. Participants also reported sleeping more soundly. Brain imaging revealed better integrity in the brain pathway called the left uncinate. <laughs> okay, so the left brain pathway. This pathway, which connects the medial temporal lobe to the decision-making prefrontal cortex, becomes less robust with age. Hmm. Scientists have long known that the loss of uh, olfactory capacity or ability to smell can predict development of nearly 70 neurological and psychiatric diseases, including Alzheimer's and other dementias, uh, Parkinson's, schizophrenia, and alcoholism. Evidence is also emergency emerging about a possible link between smell loss due to COVID and ensuing cognitive decrease. Researchers have previously found that exposing people with moderate dementia to up to 40 different odors twice a day over a period of time boosted their memories, enhanced language skills, eased depression, and improved their olfactory capacities. Wow, this is really important, you know. <laughs> As a woman who is in her senior years, I got to say, I'll be getting myself a diffuser and see what good I can do with my memory. I don't know about you, but this could be great news. All right. So, you know, there's all sorts of fun stories in the news sometimes. And this one uh, comes from Sunny Skies. And it is a very sweet story. It's man's response to what is the most a dollar has gotten you? And uh, this was a question that was asked. It was posted on the Reddit forum and garnered more than 8,000 responses. However, this is the one that won the day. A wife, three beautiful children, and frankly, my life as I know it. Wow. So he went into more detail. Back in junior high, I liked a girl and flirted with her quite a lot. 
One time during a band trip, we stopped at a gas station and she bought me a pack of gum. I tried to pay her back $1, but she refused. So I slipped the dollar in her pocket. She then slipped the dollar in my backpack and so began the back and forth with the $1 bill. We found silly ways to give it back and forth. I mailed it to her house. She stuffed it in a gum wrapper and offered me a piece. I then decided that I would ask her out on this $1. I wrote, will you go out with me on it and put it in a note and gave it to her. She said yes. Of course, it would be a terrible story otherwise, I suppose. About four years later, I still had the same dollar kept away. On our anniversary, I wrote, will you marry me on the bottom of the dollar? We have been married for 15 years and have three awesome kids. We still have that dollar <laughs> stored away. How sweet is that? I'll tell you, there's so many fun stories. People are creative and that one is beautiful. All right. So the Good News Network provides a lot of the news that we use here on uh the New Thought Media Network, Good News. Well, Good News Network readers donated 20,000 meals to Hungry Kids in partnership with Nutrition Company. And so they wanted to say that to update our loyal GNN readers about a wonderful milestone reached in our partnership with Nutrition Company, Live Den. They make yummy green powder for your daily shakes containing 12 to 14 servings of fruit and vegetables in each scoop. But they also give back to the world, donating for every package purchased 10 free meals to children in need. So far, our GNN customers have provided over 20,000 meals for kids. Live Den currently have a giving outreach in over 20 countries, and with the tremendous support of our wonderful GNN customers, over 20,000 meals have already been provided from the orders they placed, said Heather Holker, CEO and co-founder of Live Den. We've just, we're just excited to be partnered with Good News Network to help these precious children in need, one child at a time, no one gets left behind. Since their inception in 2018, Live Den has focused on giving back using their strong ties in the health and nutrition industry and a passion for helping everyone achieve their best health. So good news, good health, and good for kids. So yay, Good News Network, you're doing an awesome job. So providing us with inspiration and nutrition. That's beautiful. Well, from the LGBTQ nation, there's a story of a judge who has a thing to say to anti-trans parents to just go sit down and leave the kids alone. Uh, important message, I think. A federal judge has told a group of anti-trans parents to mind their own business after the group filed a lawsuit challenging an Ohio school district's bathroom policy. The attempts to meddle do not pass legal muster, he wrote in his ruling, saying that the group has no reason to sue. Not every contentious debate concerning matters of public importance presents a cognizable federal lawsuit, Judge Michael Newman wrote, denying their petition to stop the Bethel local school district's policy that allows a single transgender middle school student to use the restroom that aligns with her gender identity. While the girl was initially forced to use the faculty or nurses' bathrooms because they were single occupancy, they were frequently occupied. 
She felt ostracized, humiliated, and targeted by other students who taunted her for using the separate bathroom. School administrators and board members accommodated the student by allowing her to go to the girls' room. The parents sued with various constitutional claims from religious freedom to a right to raise their children as they see fit. But the judge wasn't impressed with their attempts to set school policy based on their personal beliefs. Although parents have the right to make decisions about where to send their children to school, they do not have the constitutional right to revoke a school's policy on student bathroom usage, let alone show that the possible presence of a transgender student in the bathroom is a substantial burden to the plaintiff's free exercise clause rights, he writes in the opinion. While it is clear that a parent has the right to control where their child goes to school, that is where their control ends. Public school policies that direct school operations, like the board's policy here, prescribe the use of student bathrooms are for the school to decide. Yay, judge! I'll tell you, there's so much controversy right now around the trans community, and I really think this is a really good step in the right direction. Oh, and here's a sweet little story. So a car fanatics road trip reunites 90-year-old vintage Austin with every previous owner. How cool is that? I'll tell you, that would take a little bit of <laughs> a little bit of work to do. A car fanatic has taken an extraordinary road trip to reunite his vintage motor car with every owner who had cared for it during its 90-year history. Carl Slater bought the 1933 Austin 10 Saloon last February and became interested in its history. Using its logbook, he managed to track down the previous owners of the car on Facebook and started organizing a road trip to visit them all. After a year of planning, Carl left his home in Manchester, England, traveling to Shropshire, where Elizabeth Morris became the car's first owner, buying the Austin in 1933. While he was there, the 53-year-old and wife also met Brian Denny, who had worked at E.J. Gittin's garage when the car was brought in for repairs after 20 years on the road and two owners. He visited the cottage near the garage where Elizabeth lived before her death in 1943. I managed to find out so much information, like that Elizabeth was an only child. It just kind of spiraled with people telling me information like where they lived before, or where they were buried, or what occupations they had. The dad of five then headed off to Tie Draw Farm, a 45-minute drive into the hills, where two brothers used the car to travel to their local market to sell eggs. Carl drove the same route the brothers would have taken. He said he nearly didn't get up the hill and at one point thought the old Austin must have had a muscle memory of the journey last traveled 80 years ago. We wondered if the car was getting deja vu as we slogged our way up. We tackled the hills at a slow and steady pace and only needed first gear once. I did think if the car had thought, she'd be saying, oh, no, not again. <laughs> that is very, very cool. Look at that old car. How sweet is that? Okay, well, Iron Age puzzle solved as unknown warrior finally identified as a British warrior woman.
On one of the British Isles of Scilly, the grave of an unknown warrior buried with a sword and mirror had perplexed archaeologists for years. Now, thanks to new techniques, the interred individual's identity is finally revealed. She was an Iron Age warrior, likely a raider, someone who specialized in surprise attacks to gain plunder from settlements on nearby islands in the years of the Roman Republic. The grave uh, on the in islet of Briar, part of the Skilly group, was discovered back in 1999, but due to the near total deterioration of the bones within, the sex of the single buried individual was unknown. Laid beside them were a quartet of objects that represented a riddle, a sword and shield, and the one hand suggesting a male identity, and a bronze mirror and brooch decorated with sun motif suggesting a female. A new study led by scientists at Historic England have used faint traces of tooth enamel left over in the soil to detect the key double X chromosome that finally put the first riddle to rest. Tooth enamel is the hardest and most durable substance in the human body, said the Dr. Glendon Parker, who was part of the research team to the Guardian. Our analysis involved extracting traces of proteins from tiny pieces of the surviving tooth enamel. This allowed us to calculate a 96% probability that the individual was female. Oh, warrior female. How cool is that? That's, that's very interesting. You know, we think of women, you know, having great rights and being strong and mighty as a today thing, but not necessarily. All right. One more quick story before we end for today. And this is a hero post officer, post office worker who saves a senior uh, of being, you know, scammed in a big way. Lots of scammers out there. Postal worker in Scotland saved a vulnerable senior by foiling an attempted scam at the last minute, just before she mailed the swindler over $3,000. The scammers contacted her and claimed to be from her bank, saying there was unusual activity on her account. They told her she should withdraw all her savings and send it to an address so they could deposit it into a new account. When the elderly woman came to the Paisley Post Office four days ago, manager Nama Muhammad noticed she was visibly shook. They detailed the incident on their Facebook page saying, as the customer was known to us, we thought that it was out of character and asked what was in the package. The customer hesitated, but told her it was money worth 3000 that she'd withdrawn from her bank. Uh, Muhammad immediately told her it was likely to be a scam and she should contact her bank to verify the information. All the while, the scammers kept calling her back. This time, however, Nama answered and they hung up. The bank confirmed that no such call of this type had or ever would be made regarding withdrawal of money. Way to go, Mr. Muhammad. What a great thing to do to take the time to ensure that somebody doesn't get taken advantage of. We live in an interesting world full of beautiful people, and then there's some who would take advantage. So I invite you to trust your intuition, to live from your highest potential, to know that you've truly been created with an internal guidance system, this divine energy that will take you wherever you need to go. You've been watching the New Thought Media Network's 
And now the good news. And we'll be back again next Friday, as always, to bring you more good news, more uplifting information, and a beautiful start to your weekend. I'm Barbara Jean. Thank you so much for watching. See you next time. On behalf of everyone at New Thought Media Network, thank you for being a member of our virtual family. Your financial contributions help share the New Thought message with people from around the world. Please visit and contribute at www.ntmedia.org forward slash donate. New Thought Media Network, come be you. And please like, share, and subscribe. Until next time, peace and blessings.